Hey guys, and welcome to Ball Street to Britain, a UK footage podcast with me, Dave Shaw. And Alex is back, folks. Alex Carr is back. Alex, how are you, buddy? How was oh. the wedding? Oh, the wedding was lovely. Uh, big congratulations and shout out to my brother, David, and his wife, Britt. Um, it was a great time. Uh, it was very tiring. Best man duties are far more <laughs> energy sapping than I'd imagine. Um, but it was great. I mean, I didn't really get to watch a lot of Phillies baseball, but I think much. that's a good thing because uh, <laughs> they, they didn't have the best of starts to, uh, to you know, the, the, no. the return from the all-star break. But we'll, 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 we'll touch into that in a minute. We'll touch into that in a minute. <laughs> you, you missed nothing with the Cubs. Actually, no, you missed more going on off the, off the field than there was going on the field. Uh, yeah, I saw. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh. Wow. Uh, um, but uh, let's just talk about the draft. The draft has been in the meantime. And guys, uh, thank you for the amazing feedback from last week's pod with uh, Gabriel Rinconas on. That was um, that was awesome. Had some awesome feedback. You guys seem to really enjoy the pod. What a guy. Uh, now signed. Signed. It's done. He'll be playing for the down in Clearwater. So if you are down that way, guys, check him out. Check out Clearwater. Check out the game and check out the picks, especially and uh, especially Gabriel, of course, who is uh, down there with Justin Crawford, of course. Alex, just a touch on the draft because uh, we haven't had your thoughts yet on the pod in the draft. What did you make of it? First pick, yeah. Justin Crawford, then uh, Gabriel Rincones, then McFarlane, uh, uh, Kirk, Kirkering followed after that. What did you make of the draft? Yeah, um, it was an it was an interesting draft because at this point I think this Phillies regime has has earned some trust, right? So um, they've had an outstanding last two drafts. You look at the upper echelon of their system, and most of those guys are from you know the last two drafts, um, with the exception of Logan O'Hoppy, who you know has just been an outstanding development story. Oh, but yes. um, it's it it was an interesting one. I'm not going to say I was thrilled with it. Um, I gave them initially a grade of a C. Um, it just wasn't, they had a small pool, so you have to give them some leeway there. Um, and, and by the time it had, you know, it had gotten to the 17th pick, all of the options that I really liked had been exhausted. I really liked the idea of them pursuing Kumar rocker. Um, but I mean, he good for him. He ended up getting a, a heck of a heck of a bonus. Yeah, he did. Um, he really did. Um, so good for him. I'm, I'm actually really happy for him. He deserved to be signed last year. And, and it's unfortunate that, you know, this had to happen, but he made more money anyway. Um, so good for him. And then I really liked Dylan Lesko, but he went two picks prior to the Padres. Uh, Chase DeLauder was an, a guy that was getting a lot of uh, hype to the Phillies. And then he got taken by the guardians one pick before. So, you know, it's not that I don't like Justin Crawford. I love Justin Crawford. I actually thought Justin Crawford wasn't going to be there. So he kind of dropped to the Phillies in a sense, um, just because of how dynamic his skill set is. I mean, he is, he probably has three tools right now that could probably play in double A, triple A, and he's 18 years old. Right. I mean, he's really, really good. The, the issue is he really has to pack on some meat. Uh, he needs some muscle because if he can pack he that on. lean, doesn't he? Yes. Well, not only that, but, you know, he's six foot three. He's already a plus-plus runner, great glove in center field. He's absolutely sticking there. There's nothing to worry about, you know, in terms of, oh, he's going to move to right field when he gets heavy. No, that's not that's not happening. He's staying in center field. He is very good out there. Um, in fact, I think his glove was a little underrated coming into the draft. I think he's he has the potential to be, like, game-changing out there. We yeah. just watched the Braves series with Michael Harris in center. He has the 
he has a chance to be just as good as Harris and Harris is talented. So uh, that's, that's exciting. And, you know, whenever you can draft a guy that gets compared to Byron Buxton, you probably want to do yeah, it. Yeah, he's but, yeah, exactly. But it does come with some development risk. That's one theme that you've really noticed throughout this entire draft. Phillies took risks and lots of them. Um, I mean, they took, you know, when it came to the pitching side, they took a lot of guys with command and control issues. When it came to the hitting side, it was lots of really good bat to ball skills, but some trouble lifting the baseball, um, some trouble, you know, with strikeouts and approach. Um, look, they are confident in their ability to fix those guys. Gabriel Winconis had some of the best exit velocity data in the draft. Yeah, I mean, yeah. guy hit a, a ball 119 miles an hour, uh, you know, th this season. He is powerful, uh, but there are some approach things that you want to look out for there. There's, and, and look, this is nothing on anybody that they drafted. I'm sure that they have a development plan here, but it's going to be interesting. This is going to be one that you really look back on and you say, hmm, who else could they have drafted at this spot? Who else could they have, you know, have they, could they have looked for here? So it, it's one to watch, uh, yeah, but I'm absolutely. excited. I'm excited. It's, it, it's, it, it's a massively we trust, isn't it? You know, he's, yeah. he's proven. So let's, uh, you know, wh who are we, you know, to the, to, to, you know, to go over these Phil's picks and go, well, do they know what they're doing? Yeah. I, I trust Mattingly. He's got a proven record. I think just let him get on with it, isn't it? And we're going to see in, in due course. And like you said, the last few, like, Bones, Dotty, uh, look at the youngsters already coming up yeah. through, you know, the daycare, you know, they're all relatively recent draft picks. So yeah. the, the farm is starting to produce. Uh, and, and they came through today, you know, Derek the, Hall <laughs> out of nowhere. Yeah, truly. The, the big thing is that you're noticing patterns here. That's the big thing for me that I, that gives me more confidence. You notice patterns in the way that they draft. They are drafting, you know, the, the big patterns in this year's draft, they valued guys with high bat to ball skills, guys that hit the ball hard, obviously. Um, and guys that, you know, have some approach issues on the, the hitting side. On the pitching side, guys with great stuff struggle yeah. with command, struggle with control. And that's what they've been targeting at the major league level, too. Look what they've done with Andrew Bellotti. Look what they did with Jose Alvarado. Look at the turnaround that's come there. I mean, look at what they did with Sam Coonrod. Look at what they've done with all these guys. So they have types, right? They have and, types. And, 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 and even Brogdon, because he struggled at the start yeah. of the season, went down. He's come back, and he, he's back to Connor Brogdon, you know, right. the, the so, pitch we all hoped. It's lots of it's it's lots of that. You look at Caleb Ricketts. Caleb Ricketts was their seventh round pick. He, he's catcher, uh, probably not sticking at catcher from from what I know. Um, but he's a guy with just has outstanding contact quality skills. But outside of that, there's not a lot to get excited about there. Um, but they they see that and they're like, okay, here we go. You know, you look at Gabriel yeah. Rinconis. You look at Emerian um, Boyd, who oh my goodness, very exciting. You know. Every other tool on a Marion Boyd is exciting, including his hit tool, to be honest, but there's very little power there, but he's got, he's got something, there's something there. Right. So um, it's going to be, it's going to be really interesting to, to look back on this draft, but the fact that they have a type that they're sticking to on both sides of the aisle should be encouraging. They I've had, they've yeah, identified what they're good at developing and they they've got their sights set in the right direction. I am assuming so. Uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to see how this draft class pans out, even though at the outset, I don't exactly love it. Oh, exactly. And, and for us, of course, this side upon Rincones, UK rep, 
Uh, we'll be playing in the uh, World, uh, World Baseball Classic qualifiers in September. Uh, really excited. It's really just gives it that extra, you know, interest now watching the minors, seeing how Gabriel gets on. Uh, oh, man, if, if he can make the, the majors, oh, my. Uh, representing the UK for the Phils, that would it would be incredible. But That would be pretty cool. Let's go to the to the now. And a big – okay, let's start with the Cubs. That was – it's easy. Disaster. Complete and utter disaster after the hype of the run to Red October begins. Now, no better team to start against against the Cubs. You've actually gone on to be red hot since. So, <laughs> but, but still, even the win, the series win today, actually makes me more mad about that Cubs series because if we had just won that like we really should have and what we should have been doing, we really could have been in a great position to get momentum going to the Pirates and the Braves again uh, around the corner. Uh, it was ugly on the field. It was ugly off the field. Just ugly, 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 ugly weekend. Uh, forgotten. Bounce back this series. The Braves at last. Hallelujah. We've beat the Atlanta Braves. We've won a series against the Atlanta Braves. I've said it every time we played in this year, that the Braves, even when they beat us, haven't been that much better than us. They've been more clutch, a little bit more clutch. And that's probably about it, you know. And we were not at our best this weekend. I think we're still far from our best against the Braves, but we, we got to win. And huge, huge bounce back. Just what we needed. The first game, so Alex, I presume you didn't see it while you're in, enjoying the wedding. Bryson Stott had himself a night. I did see that. I did. I was, I was luckily, uh, I was at dinner and I, I kind of just had a good view of a, of a TV. Uh, I was in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, by the way. So you know, not a lot of Phillies fans, but I, I asked them if they could turn the Phillies game on and luckily they, they had it. Um, and so I got to, I got to watch that and that was pretty, that was pretty cool. It was, it was a good, good game. You know, Suarez, despite, well, he didn't technically allow the free, the free runs, you know, he right. no, no runs against, but went five struck out four. Let's quickly talk about Ranger Suarez, Alex, where are you with Suarez at the moment? It, it He's a bit, inconsistent isn't he hit miss he shows flashes of last year's Suarez at times you think oh hello you know Suarez could be back here and then it's uh, like a lead balloon you know where where are you with Suarez right now he has a sub four ERA on season Dave did you he know does? that yeah did you know that that's pretty good I did I know because I'm looking at it right <laughs> now but... <laughs> uh no like here's the thing about Ranger I still think mechanically there's something going on I still think that 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 something happened um in his ramp up to the season. Cause uh, you know, I think we all kind of forget he had visa issues and wasn't able to get over for a full spring training. Right. So catch up, I, I do think that he's, you know, maybe he's starting to come around. Um, I think that there's something mechanically like just because of how off his command has been, um, you know, he's usually a guy that's just attack, attack, attack. And he has not been that he has been the opposite of that this season. Um, that being said, He's not working with his best very clearly. And he's still pitching to a sub four ERA. Now mm. ERA is not the, the tell all, you know, uh, metric that it once was in air quotes, but um, you know, it, he's been good. He's been fine. Um, and that's, that's what you want out of somebody like Ranger Suarez right now, yeah, absolutely. especially with, with Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola doing what they do. Um, you know, Aaron Nola took a step back last night, but that doesn't matter. They they've been giving you innings, and, you know, all you want from Ranger Suarez is to keep you in the game. Um, so I, I can't help but be impressed with the fact that I, I think he's dealing with some stuff mechanically. And, uh, you know, he's still managing to, to keep the Phillies in the game every time he steps on the mound. 
Yeah, and he did because the Phils responded. Bryson Stott, who is just swinging the bat. And, you know, I, I, I tweeted today, Bryson Stott is, is just looking like a different player to what we saw at the start of the season. And Six going, strikeouts in his last 25 games. Oh, 26 you're stealing games. my line. You're stealing oh, I'm my sorry. I'm sorry, right Dave. Here. I'm God, sorry. Hit you with that one. Oh, oh. man. But uh, people are still pointing to his average. Don't look at that. Look, look at what he's been doing since... Well, since he hit that that walk-off, you know, in the beginning of June, he's, he's been on fire since. The confidence... His swing, by the way, I love it. Oh, Love that swing. Love his hacks. Guy playing with so much confidence right now. Uh, last night, yeah, disappointing Nola outing. I suppose he was sort of due one. You know, we were... Nola's been... He's still been magnificent, Nola. For, yeah. since uh, well this season Let's he's still he's it's giving you so many innings even when he is struggling i was it's... gonna say you know and he, he still managed to go what six yeah he went six allowed five bullpen stabled up but damage was done by then and you know even though the offense is still not firing all cylinders we've got a, a good seven run win today seven two gibby now if we can get six innings out of gibby and allowing just two free runs for the rest of the season that's more than enough for me out of Gibby, that's exactly what we need. And he's coming a bit of criticism this season. And yeah, fair enough. He's not the player he, he was when he was at the Rangers, but still, I I think he's doing a, a decent enough job for us for a fifth starter, you know, or four starters. You know, without Eflin, but I, I'm I'm sort of we're getting what, what we expect out of Gibby, aren't we? Yeah, I mean, especially when you look at um what the Phillies gave up to acquire Kyle Gibson at this yeah, point. Yeah. Spencer Howard. Everything's yeah. everything's a big plus. I mean, he's given them innings on innings on innings. And sure, he has not been great, but he's keeping you in the game. That's all you need from your fifth starter. And uh, honestly, I think that, you know, it's it's so hard to complain about, about somebody like Kyle Gibson, somebody like Ranger Suarez, because of how good your front, well, until Zach Eflin got hurt, your front three had been yeah, this true. season it's so hard to, to, you know, this, this town really got spoiled by the super rotation of 2011 um, because now everybody just expects, you know, every starting five to be Roy Halladay, Cliff Lee, Roy Oswalt, Cole Hamels, and Joe, Joe Blanton. Um, but like that, that's what everybody expects. Like it's, I don't know. It's, it's, it's frustrating because you are, it feels like Philadelphia is kind of like unable to appreciate a good back end rotation starter at this point. Um, but still, I mean, you, you can't help, but be, you know, be happy with what you're getting, especially for the price you paid um, for the player. Yeah. And you know, give me high, he's what a 4.60 ER at the moment. Um, that's mainly been inflated by a couple of dreadful games. And when it has gone wrong, for Gibby, yes. it's gone wrong, you know, in dramatic yes. style and that has inflated the RA. But if you look past that, which you should, because every pitcher has a couple of bad games. Okay, Gibby's have been a couple of bad games. They've been bad, you know, five, mm-hmm. six runs. Decent overall. Decent overall and gives you what you need the majority of the time at the back end of the rotation. And when Eflin comes back, you know, we can have that Nola. Well, well however, what is the rotation now? It's so mumble-jumble, isn't it? But It you know, is you've, really. You've got your wheeler, you know, your Eflin. Then you've got your Gibson, Suarez, and then what, Falter. Uh, we'll, we'll get to that experiment in a minute, actually, because we're going to see him again in the in the Pirate series. Offensively, still not at our best, but tonight was was really encouraging. Really, Alec Bohm. Let's talk about Alec Bohm. Oh okay, on the field, defensively. Okay, we know we know what we get with Alec Bohm defensively, but the, the reaction 
to people saying, oh, he's got to go, cut him, trade him. Come on, no, mm-hmm. no, no, you cannot trade this guy. This guy is 30 multi-hit games this season already. The most in the team at the right now. He's just continues to get on base. Is it 12 or 13 uh, hit streak now? The, 12 the, now. Alex 12. On. It's, it's 12, yeah. And more RBIs today. He's just consistent with the bat. And that's exactly with an offense that is not firing all cylinders at the moment. A player like Alec Bowman is exactly what you need. Would you push him up the road, uh, up the uh, lineup, or are you happy with him down there? Because he's a handy player to get on base, or if his player's on base at the top of the lineup, he's a handy guy to bring him home. I worry that if you move him, you kind of you run that risk of, uh, you know, kind of jostling him out of this this hot streak that he's on. Um, yeah, yeah. But I think at this point, you you kind of have to, especially given what you're getting from Nick Castellanos. Um, I, I just think that, you know, you kind of have mm-hmm. to bite that bullet um, and, and try everything until Bryce Harper gets back. You just have to, you have to try and set your lineup up to succeed. Right. And um, you know, when you have a guy like Alec Bohm, who, by the way, I'm looking at his ex- expected stats right now and they are mind boggling. Um, what's his average has, expected? Cause he's already on point three hundred two nine three right now. His expected, his expected batting average is 300. So that's not that much better. His expected slugging percentage is 449. So he's had, that tells you that he's had a ton of extra base hits stolen from him this season. Um, and that that's not surprising because he primarily uses the opposite field. So, um, you know, especially when it comes to his power, Yeah, he's only uh, had 15 doubles. I thought he had more actually. Yeah, it, it really, it's surprising because he does hit the ball that way so often, but that's because defenders are shading him that way now. So um, he gets a lot of a lot of hits stolen from him. But yeah, he and Bryson Stott especially just need to be higher up in the lineup. Uh, I think that uh, especially when it comes to Bryson Stott, I tweeted this a little bit, um, a little bit ago, maybe a couple of days ago. No, it was yesterday. It was yesterday. God, gosh, all these last few days are just <laughs> blending together. Um, but Bryson Stott is slashing in his last 24 games. This is outdated now because it was yesterday. But the last 24 games, he's slashing 260, 352, 442. Six strikeouts, which is insane, and 11 walks, um, which has definitely gone up since then. Um, but he is probably the guy that you want to put at leadoff right now. I'm going to be completely yeah, honest with you. Question. Yeah, question. Yeah. He's probably he's probably that guy. He's not striking out. He's walking. He's getting on base. I mean, would he's you, probably that guy right now. Would you have uh, Stott and Bone one two top of the lineup, and then and then get Schwarber in and clean up to bring him home? I, for me, that makes sense. But what do I know? Ideally, yes. I just I do worry about putting that much pressure on your young guys. That is something that I definitely worry about. Yeah, true. Um, true. Especially somebody who really values the development that they get. Um, but you're in the home stretch now you kind of have to put your best lineup out there and i think the phillies best lineup right now involves bryson stott and alec Bohm in the top three or four hitters in this lineup yeah agree and then what schwarber and jt who's also started I'd honestly i'd i'd go jt three and then schwarber at four um and then you know actually maybe maybe you go bryson stott uh alec Bohm, reese hoskins schwarber uh, then to, oh, I guess, I guess Schwarber. Um, it's hard to say because, you know, Schwarber's last 10 hits, eight of them have been home runs. Like, it's not like he's having trouble seeing the home run pitches. He's having trouble seeing all the other pitches. Like, he knows he knows the meatballs. He just doesn't really – he's not finding those, you know, and he barreled one up today, which was great. Great to see. 
um michael harris caught it but you know whatever so, so um, fly yeah 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 exactly so you know i think you kind of just have to you have to play who's hot um right now Agreed. because Agreed. you just you have to survive until bryce harper gets back when you have somebody like bryce harper and anchoring down the lineup at the three spot then you can kind of fall into the patterns and be like, okay, we need to keep the lineup the way it is every day because Bryce Harper is going to win the game for us. But they don't have Bryce Harper. They don't have that luxury right now. You kind of have to mix and match based on yeah. based on matchups and and based on who's hot. Yeah, and then the bonus of Segura due back, hopefully. Oh, that'll be the huge. Next, and then Diddy straight out the lineup, surely. And, and he's got to go. Keeping that in that middle. What? A, by the way, defensively, Segura and Stott in the middle there. That's that's a couple of gold glove uh, defense right there. Segura. I still I think Bryson Stott suits second base better, but I have been so impressed with his glove that I would honestly I'd I'd be surprised if he couldn't succeed at shortstop. I think his range is the only thing that I worry about. He's not exactly the fastest hey, guy Alex. on the planet. Yeah. Sorry, so can I, no, Josh, no go. Top of my head. Remember what I saw? I saw something on Twitter saying, "Would you trade Segura right now?" We've stopped doing so, uh, and you'll get value from because what do you think? Because will he be here next year? No, would but... so, so would you take this stretch with Segura in the team and try and get to the postseason? Or would you trade him for some arms and or an outfielder? What or would you just keep him in this team and, and ride yeah, no, and then let him go at the end? Of I the don't year? think he has much trade value right now just because of how much time he just missed, and nobody really knows how he's going to come back. Um, you know. Yeah. Finger and wrist injuries can really bug some players for a while um, that it can have lasting effects. Um, so I don't think, and I, I can't really think of a team where that matches up with either, you know, there's no team yeah. that would really want to acquire a rental bat uh, and ship out a, an arm, you know? Um, but I don't know. It's, it's an interesting question. I personally wouldn't, I think that you have to run, with Segura and Stott as your second baseman and shortstop every day. Uh, that just feels like way too good of an infield defense to pass up. Um, I do still worry a little bit about Alec Bohm over at the hot corner, but he's made some plays recently yeah, and all yeah. year he's shown flashes, right? So I'm yeah, okay with and he had a, He had a couple of nice plays today as well. Yeah. And, you know, he, the errors are still going to come. We know, we know, we know what we get with Alec Bohm. We just need him to be average, just, just right. decent. Decent will do. You know, the errors uh, we, yeah, they're still going to come, but mm-hmm. um, center field, veiling, just cool down a little bit. Um, oh, he's, he's still the best option, without a doubt, Matt, uh, Matt veiling. Right now. Right, right now. Do wink, you, wink. Right, so leading on to trade deadline, coming up, I, I, I'm looking at all these reports from Heyman and, and Rosenthal, and the Phillies aren't mentioned anywhere. For anybody, and you see the Mets are linked with everyone, the Cards are linked with Soto, the Dodgers, the Yankees, little old Phil's. Uh, 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 where's it going, Alex? Where's the trade, trade deadline going? Who can you realistically see the Phil's picking up? Because I'm getting worried there's going to be no one left for us. My, What's so funny is that this happens every year, right? Like Everybody's always like, where are the Phillies? Where are the Phillies? Where are the Phillies? They don't let anything leak. I am lucky when I get news back from like, you know, if I put feelers out to people that I quote unquote, know that are in the business, right. Seldom do I get anything back about the team that I actually cover because (laughs) they don't say anything. They don't let anything leak. Um, 
it, it's very rare that they do. Um, so, you know, they're, what's funny though, is, is that both Dave Dombrowski and Sam Fold have publicly said that the Phillies are going to be really aggressive, that they're going to be present at the deadline, right? That they're going to make which, multiple which is moves. quite contrary to what Matt Gelb said today. That the Phillies Which is are... surprising to me. Mm, because like, who's like Matt Gelb sort of put water on a bit of, bit of hot stove fire that Phillies are going to be aggressive at trade deadline by saying, will he say today that the Phillies are going to be not as aggressive going after some more fringe players and impact players. It's <sighs> I just don't, I don't believe that to be true just based on what the front office look, this isn't the front office that used to say, you know, we have the second best bullpen ERA in the second half of baseball, blah, 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 blah. Mm. It's not that same front office. This is very different. What they say they're probably going to do. Um, and I would trust Dave Dombrowski's word over that of Matt Gelb's um, not to discredit Matt Gelb here, but you know, yeah. you probably want to uh, if they're saying they're going to be active, they're probably going to be active. And I don't know if that means they're going to pursue multiple fringe additions, um, you know, akin to, to what the Braves did. Um, I don't know if that means they're, you know, only making one big move or whatever, who cares what happens is what's going to happen. Um, and personally, I think they're going to be really active. I think that there are a number of prospects within the system right now that they are going to cash in on their value. Oh, Happy looks um, destined to be the reports I, I see rumor wise. Oh, Happy is linked in every single. Oh, Happy, sorry, is linked with every single trade trade uh, rumor there is. Uh, yeah, it looks it looks quite strong that 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 Logan Ohapi oh. could be dealt. It also it it's a bummer, but at the same time, you know, there really there's no spot for him at the major league level. There won't be for years. Um, and to just keep him, you know, lingering in the minors is probably not what you want to do. And anybody that wants to move JT Realmuto to first base or to the outfield or whatever is just being silly. Um, so, you know, I think that where an Ohapi trade makes a metric ton of sense is with Ian Happ. Um, that yep. just, that lines up way too well. Um, you know, Wilson Contreras is on his way out. They almost surely... Um, and the Cubs don't have a top catching prospect, nor do they have one on the major league roster. That's like anywhere close to being a starting caliber catcher. Um, you know, Miguel Amaya is there, but he's a backup in the long yeah, run. Right? Say, isn't he a backup? He's not. Even... Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's kind of, uh, it, it really feels destined that, uh, that would be a trade that, that, that Logan Ohapi would be. Uh, you know, very valuable in. Um, and he probably gets that deal mostly done um, because, you know, bats are difficult to evaluate, um, especially when they have a year of control attached, but mm -hmm. they always end up getting sold off for less than you think. You know, Josh Bell is probably only going to net, you know, the Nationals a, a team's like 13th, 14th best prospect. You know, yeah. it's not, it's not something that really, you know, uh, that gets you a lot in return. The extra year of control is really going to help, but um, you know, they're not exactly expecting a huge haul here. Now the demand that is apparently there is probably going to drive up the price. Oh, Alex is just frozen. Prospects they'll receive oh. an offer of, um, and if the Phillies are willing, that really feels like a, a, a great match. Pitching wise, would you go starter or bullpen as a more of a need? Um, I would say starting pitching. I think, yeah, I, I think the bullpen has been good. 
Um, and it has. And you've looked today, like, what do we have? We had Hand, who still surprises. Brad Hand still doing it. Um, we had Brogdon, excellent. I really like Connor Brogdon, as everyone knows. And Bellati has just been a fantastic surprise. Stud. We, He's a stud. Yeah, he is. Absolute stud. We didn't even, you know, Nelson still doing a good enough job. We didn't use Dominguez, didn't use Alvarado, didn't use Canable today. We've actually got six, seven, these very good. Sam Coonrod back on the way. So, yeah, you know, our ball, but it's been very good since June, as we know. I'm actually relatively, you know, familiar can just get out of here. I don't know why yeah. he's still been pitched, but maybe if we're going to add one bullpen arm, good. But yeah, the starting pitching has got to be the focus pitching wise. That's what it feels like to me is, is I think one bullpen arm will, will suffice. Um, I think that they, I think there'll, there'll be some interesting moves uh, made by the Phillies because they're going to try and free up some 40 man space too. Um, so yeah, you true. might see them trading for some, some, uh, minor league relievers just as extra depth um, and, and, and things like that. Um, but yeah, I, I really do think uh, they'll go out and acquire a good starting pitcher. Um, I who, don't. Who, who do you think? You think Syndergaard, who looks like he could be on the move, but do you think that's a, a bit out of stretch? Yeah, I think Syndergaard's probably their, their top target as a rental. Um, I think, you know, all the things surrounding his. Uh, his innings and, and things like that be darned. Uh, I think they're just going to try and push him to be the, you know, a starter for them. Um, mm. I think they could acquire two arms for what it's worth. I think, you know, they might, you know, look at somebody like Jose Quintana from the, from the pirates and say, okay, if he's only going to cost me, you know, uh, a low a arm, um, you know, it doesn't have to be some huge return. Right. Um, now again, with demand, it's probably going to be a little bit more substantial than that, but you know, if he's, if he's only going to cost me something that, you know, in the long run, isn't that much? Why not? Uh, and he can maybe help out of the bullpen a little bit. We can option one of our long relievers down. Uh, so you know, to would, uh, what would happen? Because then if we got somebody in Eflin comes back, that then pushes Gibby. Well, no, who would go? Falter would obviously go back to the bullpen or even go down. Right. So if he did I, get two arms. Starting I don't pitches, think, What would happen then? I don't think Eflin is probably going to be back for a while. If he is back, um, you know, they'll probably be slow with him. Um, but I, I think that all depends on their side of things. If the medicals on Eflin are bad, they'll get two, especially if they're getting Syndergaard. Because, look, Syndergaard has had a lot of, like, buffers placed on him um, mm-hmm. and has, you know, been kind of like a five-inning-and-done guy. He's kind of, you know, been working with a rotation where he pitches on on extra rest as often as possible. I just think that if you're going to do that, you have to get an assurance policy. Um, so, you know, they yeah, might yeah. go after two arms. If not, I think the guy that they're going to pursue with control, the top guy, I've been saying this for, for months and months and months, is Tyler Maley. I think Tyler Maley, you know, any of those Reds arms kind of makes sense because Caleb Cotham is here. Um, and Caleb Cotham knows those guys. Caleb Cotham knows how good Tyler Maley is. Yeah. Um, yep. And look, he just came back from injury and, uh, you know, proved that he's healthy, pitched a solid six innings. He feels like a great match if the Phillies are looking to avoid the starting pitching market as much as possible in the offseason, um, which I have a sense they're probably going to do. Um, and Maley's road splits are amazing. So if you can get him out of Great American, I think he's going to be really good. Uh, yeah. yep. And he's, he's controllable. He's cheap. Young, I think that's. I was going to say, I was just looking at uh, at Whaley's age. He's he's younger than I thought he was. It feels like a name that's been around a while, but actually, 
yeah, he's he could fit in quite nicely. Another, he's quite of, good. A, a Gibby type move, but probably a little bit better. Exactly, and I I think far better to be completely honest with you. Um, mm. he's really he has really good stuff. Um, especially outside of Great American Ballpark, he is he's a valuable arm. Uh, so he's not going to come cheap, right? But I think the Phillies might have some pieces that interest the Reds there. Um, especially when you're. I don't know really what their timetable is right now. Yeah, uh, they they are all over they? the place. But if the Phillies want to really get creative here um, and maybe take on you know a contract for the Reds, say Mike Mustakis, um, somebody like that, maybe Mike Miner, they want to they want to get that salary off the books. It lessens the prospect return, right? Um, maybe yeah, both sure. of those guys. Um, and look, but Mike. I, by the way, Mike Miner once uh, a big prospect, wasn't he? When he was yeah. first coming through, what, I don't know what hey, happened for the Braves. Yeah, he yeah, it's just Braves, injuries, yeah. but he um it, that will be really interesting too because you know the the Reds are desperate to shed salary um and they've they've shown that in the past um so yeah. I think it will be interesting to see where they end up. I don't think they'll attach salary to Luis Castillo. He's going to get you premium stuff, right? But Maley. Who knows um, that, you know, that could be someone that they look to move some salary on. Um, and I think the Phillies match up really well if that is the direction they decide to go. Yeah. And the trade deadline getting ever, ever closer. And it's going to be, I think in baseball overall, it's going to be, it's going to be a hot stove and, and some. I know I it's previous- going to come down to the last few days, but yeah, it's going to be hot. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I, everyone's saying, everyone said in the years gone by, oh, trade deadline's going to be big and it's usually been a damp squib. But this, this deadline is going to be big in baseball overall. I, you know, is Soto going to go to the Cardinals? Is, is Trout or Atani going to be traded? You know, it is a lot of, I think we're going to get some surprises. Um, and hopefully the Phils can just quietly go about their business and, and pick up some shrewd moves and, uh, and, and kick on to Red October. So the Phillies have beaten the Braves. Okay, so now the second half of the season has to start now. Four games against the Pittsburgh Pirates. So let's be honest, we can't afford sweeps, um, splits anymore. It's got to be a serious win, hasn't it? We've got to go. We need to beat up. I'm not even beat up. Just do the job against the teams below us and who we should be beating. Get, get three wins in Pittsburgh. And then we've got the Braves again. If we can get those three wins minimum against the Pittsburgh Pirates and then maybe beat the Braves in the series, that brings us right back into play with the Atlanta Braves. It, it really, and then we've got the Nats after that. Okay, this is Nats. So I hope this series now is a foundation, this win, for a run because we need to go back on a run. We need to get the offense ticking. Pittsburgh, although they're 40 and 58, their record against the better teams is actually pretty decent. It's the teams that around them they tend to struggle against uh, they're taking some wins off the Dodgers this year uh, and the Brewers so don't take them lightly and we saw them us against the Cubs do not take these teams lightly four games Wheeler against Thompson tomorrow then we've got Bailey Falter uh, Suarez and then Nola it, it's got to be a serious win Alex hasn't it it has to be a serious win this one yeah uh, I think anything less than a series win is a major loss um, especially with I'm not sure who the Braves are playing against uh, this week, but uh, the you know, D-backs. Oh, okay. Well then, yeah. you know, you're probably not going to gain any games there, but you know, I think especially with how this whole thing is shaping up, I think that especially with the Philly schedule. And again, I know we say this all the time and it probably gets so monotonous from, you know, coming from, from, from people like us, but even though the Philly schedule is, easy and they always seem to not thrive on easy schedules this team was built 
to beat easy teams. Yeah. And they certainly should. So anything less than a series win is, is just such a loss. It, it honestly is. Wheeler versus Thompson. Alex, Wheeler's what, eight and five, 2.78 ERA. I, I can only assume he snubbed the All-Star invitation because, you know, <laughs> bizarre how he was not featured in the All-Star game. Uh, Zach Wheeler versus Thompson. The Pirates, the pitching's not great. The bullpen we should beat up on, like you said. We are built to beat up in this bullpen. But is this the series where now we should be sort of experimenting with Stott, like we were saying earlier on, Stott and Bohm at the top of the lineup? This, this is sort of series where we should look at it, right? Four games against the Pirates. We should beat the Pirates anyway. I know it doesn't work like that, but this is the sort of series before the Braves again coming up where we could now experiment with that lineup a little bit. Ideally, yes. Do I think it's going to happen? Probably not. Oh, yeah. I, I, still think, I still think that, you know, a lot of managers have the opinion that, like, when a guy's going good, you don't switch – their spot in the lineup. Um, and I think Rob Thompson is probably one of those guys. And uh, unfortunately, that's just that's just how it's going to be. Um, so, you know, I and hey, I don't mind the bottom of the lineup being, you know, a good generator of runs uh, either. So, you know, even though you want to get those guys as many as ba- at-bats as possible. Yeah. It's really a, it's a toss-up for which, which you would prefer. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, when the top lineup does get back going again, if Nick Castellanos gets going again, just, every at bat, I'm like, come on, Nick, this one, this one, Nick, come on, just, just give us a blast and just get smiling again. And, you know, come on, just get on base. I know you got a double by chance, albeit, but yeah, double. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, maybe, maybe that's a spark. You know, something's got a spark him. Do you? there's some, you know, Jack Fritz tweeting, you know, possibly that hit on the wrist he had back in May. He's been different ever since. Do you think he's playing on injury? If so, this has been terribly managed. No, I, I don't think he's hurt. I think that it's really clear actually to see what the issue with Castellanos is. And it's, it's that for whatever reason, he's not adjusting to the fact that every single pitcher in this league is pitching him outside. It's obvious um, to all of know, us, right? It's it's I think it's obvious to him too, but I think but, but for whatever it, reason this is what I don't understand. This is what I don't understand. This is what gets me frustrated, right? This is my gripe with Nick. Like it's obvious to all of us that he's swinging at pitches miles of us. And the pitches know they could throw it to first base and he'd still swing for it. You know, why why is he doing this? Why is no one telling him, look, Nick, they're gonna like your first pitch is gonna be away, outside away from you. Just leave it. Like, why is he still swinging at, at garbage? Why? Why are the coaches not saying to him, or are they saying to him, and he's just ignoring him? He's trying too hard. What, 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 what's he doing now? Because it's getting beyond. You know, I, I'm try, I'm ever glass half full, and I, I'm, I'm still backing Nick. I, I really hope he can turn it around. But even I'm starting to lose my gripe with him a bit now. It, the reason that he's not adjusting is because the entirety of his career, that's been a place where he thrives outside has been because he's a guy that who, who hits for more power to the opposite field. So it's, it's interesting to see now how he's struggling against those pitches. Um, and I think a lot of that has to do with, you know, mm. I think sliders are becoming, I don't think I know sliders are becoming the most popular secondary in baseball. They're just so good and you can manipulate them in so many different ways and sliders outside have just been 
Nick Castellanos is kryptonite. And I think they've been his kryptonite for a lot longer than, uh, you know, just this year. I just think that now because of how popular the pitch has become, you know, a cutter, a slider, uh, he's just seeing more of them and pitchers know how to pitch him. Um, so it's, you know, that's a big adjustment to make. And that's a hard adjustment to make when you thrive so much, or you used to thrive so much on that outside part of the plate. It's all up to Nick now to make the adjustment. And, and I still have a ton of faith in him. Um, look, guys don't just go from, you know, player to pumpkin overnight uh, and not even over the span of one season. Um, Nick Castellanos is somebody who, despite what a lot of the public thinks, I think really does care. Um, he just doesn't really wear his emotions on his sleeve, you know? Uh, so I think that uh, he's probably going to continue to struggle throughout the remainder of the season. Uh, and I think in the off season is when he's really going to start tackling these issues. Um, but, you know, I don't think that Nick Castellanos is going to be a bad player for the remainder of his five-year contract. Um, and I think it's just going to require a lot of patience and, that's something that a lot of baseball fans don't really seem to have. So, yeah, um, you know, and it, you know, I, I've, I've not given up on him, you know, and I, I wouldn't say he's a bust by any means. It's way, way too early, but I, and I, I do think like you, I do think he cares. I think he's just one of those players that is very poker faced. You'll, you'll never read what Nick Castellanos is truly thinking, but it's just frustrating. It's just mm-hmm. so frustrating watching him swing and just, it, it's just no adjustments being made, but I just, we need it. You know, if, if we could just get Nick getting on base, you know, getting a little bit of a hit streak, just starting to get some production out of it, it would be huge for the team. Having Nick back, it will be a lift the whole team. Nick's a character in that, in that locker room, no doubt about it. And if he's starting to hit the ball and find find himself again, give some production, it's going to lift the team, no doubt about it. JT's starting to lift the team already. Look at, look at JT's getting nicely hot. He's out of his slump. It's just, I just wish that one to nine can gel at the same time instead of you know Reese and Schwarber were, were so hot and now they've gone slightly cold and now Start and Bomi are, are hot and now Schwarber and Reese have gone a bit cold and JT's now warming up I just I just wish because if we can get that one to nine just even just gelling at a good level well you know we've seen we've seen results already you know it, it's deadly and I'm hoping against Pittsburgh we can we can really find that Alex four against Pittsburgh Three against Atlanta, and we'll pod again next Wednesday. What, what are you saying about those seven games? Hmm. Mm-hmm. That yeah. is an interesting question. I'll go a conservative four and three. Well, is it is it six? It's six games, right? So I'll go because uh, it's two games against the Braves. I think. Oh, is, or is there two? is there a doubleheader? I might be wrong. I can't uh, remember. Yeah, we're not I just, playing. We're not playing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Oh, it is a double. It's a yeah. Two. Yeah, you're right. Just, just two. two games against the Braves. Oh, my brain going okay. to work. Here. Okay, so um, six. <laughs> um, so I'm gonna go with. Then I'll go with the conservative. I'm gonna give it a. I'm gonna give it a four and two. I say they split the series with the Braves and they win the series against the Pirates. That being said, I think it very could, very well could conceivably be better than that. I don't think it can be worse than that. I think if they sweep the Pirates, they lose both to the Braves. And I think if they just win the series against the Pirates, they they split with the Braves. Because yeah. that's just how Phillies baseball works. It's it's predictable that exactly way. Exactly. Like, um, but exactly. I, like I I, I, think I, I tweeted be before the Braves be series. That, but, uh, 
yeah, I tweeted before the Braves series that you know this, we'll lose to the Cubs and beat the Braves. And it's, yeah, hello, you know, Billy's baseball yep. is is unpredictably predictable. You know, it, it's it's fills we should be using <laughs> by now. You know, and knowing us, we'll probably drop the, the split the Pittsburgh series and beat the Braves and then lose to the Nats and then beat uh, we've got another tough series after the Nats. It's it it's a mess? real it's a real up and yeah, it's a real up and down schedule coming up. By the way, folks, it's it's. It's like an easy series, tough series. Easy, oh, oh, sorry, on paper, should be easy series, tough series. We've got, uh, so we've got Pittsburgh coming up, then the Braves, and the Nats, and the Marlins. Never oh, the Marlins. Marlins. Then the Mets. All right, tough. Then the Reds. Ooh, should win on paper. Then the Mets. Uh, then the Reds again. Yeah, it should win. Then the Pirates <laughs> should win. Then the D-backs should win into September. The Giants should win. Then Miami should win. The Nats should win. Then the Marlins should win. We've got... From I would say from the 22nd of August onwards, we've got the Reds, the Pirates, the D-backs, the Giants, the Marlins, the Nats, all the way to the middle of September. In fact, no, the Marlins again, all the way to the 16th of September. That is nearly five, six series between August and September of teams below 500, except the Giants, that we should be winning and we need to be in position that we're in the wild card spot now, as it stands. I don't know the cards have got to play. I think they're playing later, so we may lose that, but just be in that wild card spot for that run. I don't care how we get there. I don't care how ugly it is. I don't care how you know. I just, just, I just need Red October, as everybody knows. And if we can be in that position going into that little run we've got there, we could have a June style run again. We, we really could. Ah, oh, I'm getting way ahead of myself. Let's get back to. Uh, let's I don't know if you just heard. There was a big fire truck that just was driving outside my window that was really crazy that was to um, put me out i was, I was I, on fire then <laughs> <laughs> but what 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 was really what's really interesting about this these upcoming series especially against the pirates this is the pirates like series leading into the trade deadline this is like the last either the really? last showcases or like this we could have hug watches in the middle of these games right it's going to be really interesting, but there's probably going to be some times where like the lineup changes because one of their players is, you know, kept being kept on the burner for just in case they are getting traded or whatever. Um, yeah. But I think that will be really interesting. And what's really important about, you know, this pirate series, then heading into Atlanta after the Atlanta series, the trade deadline will have passed these teams that they're coming up against Washington, Miami, Chicago, Cincinnati, et cetera they will be stripped down versions of the already <laughs> yeah, bad teams that, yep. that, that we've witnessed. So that will be really interesting. Um, especially when you look at Cincinnati, especially when you look at Chicago, especially when you look at, and maybe even Miami. Yeah. I mean, I think true. the Marlins really need to look at what they are doing and need to sell. Well, Heyman um, said yesterday that he reckons the Marlins, apart from Sandy, uh, are all up for sale. He reckons yeah, everyone's available. Sandy, be up I'm not block. sure if they're. I'm not sure if they're putting them up on the block, but I mean, they really they need some bats and they need to find a way to shed some of these bad deals um, because Avi Garcia looks terrible. Jacob Stallings looks terrible. I don't get how the Marlins keep getting it wrong with that stable they've had for many years since ever since they got rid of Stanton. It's and because big names. It just hasn't worked for him. I don't get. It's because how they're they're the they're playing the budget game. They're they're playing like okay, well instead of shelling out the extra now, look this would actually I'll use a different example instead of shelling out the you know nineteen million dollar annual average value for Kyle Schwarber, they shelled out the 
what, 14 million and average annual average value for Avi Garcia. That extra 5 million yeah. gets you a completely different and much better player. Whereas Avi Garcia, yeah, he looked good after last year, but it's the budget version. Like yeah, imagine, you, you, imagine the Marlins with, with that pitching and then they play like Carl Schwarber in their team, which is what they could have had. Could be a diff, very just, different you, picture for the Marlins. You have to identify the right guys for your team. And they really just went out and said, let's get like five of the same player and put them in this, yeah, yeah. this one lineup. And it really, um, it, it has backfired in a huge, huge way. Um, especially when it comes to chemistry. I mean, their chemistry just seems that that was the interesting thing about the Marlins during, during, 2020 their team chemistry was outstanding yeah they their were a team fun chemistry team. they were scrappy they were awesome they were they were fighting for every win that that's why they gave the phillies so much trouble um because the phillies just weren't doing that um but i just i think that right now they really have to be realistic with themselves and they have to just decide on selling yeah, pablo they, lopez would get them a huge haul um, I think Miguel Rojas would make a lot of sense for the Phillies if the Phillies wanted to take a look at that. It's stopping um, killing us for starters. Exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I I think that Garrett Cooper could fetch them some good stuff. I think, um, you know, there's You're a lot jazz? that they could jazz do here. Jazz could uh, be on the move. Or... I don't think they'll trade Jazz. They need to yeah. try and try and rebuild around Sandy Alcantara. Oh, they have to. That guy is a, yeah. a stud and then some. You know, he, mm-hmm. he is. He if he was playing for anybody else, he'd be a bona fide Cy Young candidate without without doubt i honestly wish they would trade for juan soto i think that'd be really cool but i don't think there's any chance in a million years that could ever happen no ever (laughs) no not only because they're in the division but because they can't afford him no he would he'd take up half of their allotted payroll yeah exactly 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 alex it's been a pleasure as always guys next week i know i keep promising James is coming. James Seltzer is coming on the show next Wednesday. He's not bailing this time, guys. I'm telling you, he's he was meant to be on the last three times. Um, he's had vacations, he's been busy, but we've already penciled in next Wednesday. James Seltzer is on the show, guys. Um, if it's if it's not happening, me and Alex are gate crashing high hopes, and we're going over there, <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll, we'll we'll get him here dragging and screaming ourselves. Uh, Alex, as always, mate, an absolute pleasure. Where can we find you on the socials, Alex? You can find me on Twitter at Alex Carr MLB, and you can find me on Twitch, which I hopefully will get a stream in. Yeah, uh, come on. This this week uh, for trade deadline sake, um, you can find me at Take a Bulk. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, I'll, I'll uh, hop on for that one. The trade deadline with Alex Carr. Hey, yeah, that that's my family's good. here for the whole week, so I really want to go see them, but we'll see. Oh, I, look I, look I at the dedication. His family's here hopefully we'll from make the UK, happen. folks, and he's he's going to be dedicated to the cause for the Phils. I'm going to try. And, and for you guys. As always, guys, thank you for listening. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe and leave a nice little review, <laughs> and we'll chat to you next week where hopefully the Phils have got the series win against the, the Pirates and have possibly split against the Braves, or even better. The road to Red October starts now, guys. From me, Dave Shaw, ring the bell. And from Alex Carr, here come six wins in a row. Ring the bell. Let's go.